Good morning, and thank you for staying for our speaker series from St. Joseph Radio. Today we have um, Dr. Gregory Thompson. He was the former superintendent of schools here in Missouri, and he was attacked by the ACLU for, and fired because he acknowledged God. Gregory is a Eucharistic Apostle of the Divine Mercy and Mary Helper with the Marian Priest and brothers from the um, Immaculate Conception at the, the, shrine of, the National Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. And he's also a Marian Catechist associated with the National Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in, um, in Las, La Crosse, Wisconsin. <laughs> He organizes um, Marian conferences, three a year, around um, the Midwest. And he also visits parishes and speaks to children and parents and, and um, Catholic schools all through the state of Missouri, speaking about the Eucharist and Mary and confession and relics. And he brings relics, a display of relics and, um, and uh, Eucharistic miracle um, paraphernalia, I guess you'd call it, um, when, whenever he comes. So we're glad to have him speak, and today his topic is, This is My Body. Welcome, and God love you. Uh, you can thank a couple of elderly ladies uh, at the uh, Marian Conference when I spoke uh, same day with Cardinal Burke, and uh, they came out of my first talk, and I have to give you a little background. I was praying on the way up there because it was supposed to snow a foot of snow at noon. I hate to drive in your big cities, guys, and I'm a country boy. And uh, so when uh, I'm coming up three hours early to make sure I'm ahead of the snow, and I'm the second person there, and I, I uh, go in and, and uh, a priest shows up, Father uh, Sullivan, I don't know if you know him, he, he, he's went to three or four of our conferences before. And uh, I, I was praying three things, that Cardinal Burke would give me three one-minute videos uh, to endorse what we do in the other three dioceses. I tried to stay away from the St. Louis diocese as far as uh, Marian conferences, because that was the grandmother of the Marian conferences. and and. Uh, but once I saw him, I came out and I said, we gotta bring this out to the people. I remember the priest first told me, he said, well, they can go to St. Louis. I said, Father, they're not going. Most people don't even know what a Marian conference is or what it can do to, for their walk to eternity, you know? And how much, how much we need help today, for sure, for sure. And uh, so, uh, anyway, I'm praying for Cardinal Burke to do that if he would. I'm praying for a piece of the, uh, the uh, glove of uh, Padre Pio was supposed to be there. And I'm praying for that the Holy Spirit will talk and I would shut up so that people can be blessed, you know. So I, I, uh, I told Father, I said, because I knew he was a strong uh, supporter of uh, Padre Pio, uh, Father Sullivan, I said, in a wonderful uh, the glove of... Uh, Padre Peel's going to be here today. And he said, oh, Greg, that was last year. He said, I wanted a string, too, and they won't give anybody anything. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm a little bit ahead of time, you know, uh, maybe some other time, you know. And the third thing was to let the Holy Spirit speak through me. So anyway, we went to a banquet that night, and we're, we're at f uh, some rectangular tables, and everybody else is at round tables, eight or ten people at a table. And uh, about three quarters of the way through, most of the people starting to leave, except people coming up and taking pictures, asking Cardinal Burke's same things to the side. And so uh, I was uh, uh, sitting there by myself, except for Father Sullivan. He got up to go to the restroom, so now I'm by myself. And there's this woman and man walking toward me. I don't know them, they're from another state, uh, Illinois, and uh, I didn't know that until they got up there, and he's about a step behind her, walking toward me. And uh, when, when they get up there, the lady right away, she, when she gets up to the table, I'm the only one sitting there, she said, 
would you like a first-class relic of Padre Pio's glove? I said, what did you say? Because she could have asked for anything at any event I've ever been with, and I have many relics, but that particular relic was what I was praying about. And so uh, she gave me a piece of Padre Pio's glove. And the next day, I went up to my room that night and, and uh, I thought a follow-up question. And uh, so I, I come down, there's 750, 800 people standing for the prayer before the first speaker there. And I'm looking across the room and on the other side, I see the lady and, and her husband standing at the end of a row. So I'm, I'm not gonna interfere with the prayer or anything, but I, I walk up behind him and when, when he, uh, when the prayer gets over, I just step up and I ask the lady, I said, who told you to give me that? Now she never looked at me except one time just as a quick glance like this. She said, God told me to give you that. Now, I, I, now my goose pimps, pimples were big, big time, you know, just from what had happened. And all the people that have been touched because of God's hand. We're going to talk about God's hand today because his body and blood and, and how... While he's doing this, you can smile and pretend like you love me, okay? All right. So, God love you guys. And uh, so anyway, uh, just a few minutes later, when I w walked out into the hall where my table was, Cardinal Burke comes by. And he said, there's a lady, and we know her in here today. She really does beautiful work for our faith. Luke Ortiz and, and her sister Anne, and how much they do for our Lord on a daily basis. If you, ever, if you ever have a slow day, go over there and follow them around one day and see what they're doing on a daily basis uh, for the King of King and his mama. So uh, anyway, uh, the, uh, so I said, okay, he said, this lady's coming in, she's got professional equipment. I didn't know who it was yet, but uh, she's coming in. She's got professional equipment. They're going to do a 20-minute TV section, and uh, then uh, they'll have the they'll have the equipment there. They could do your three one-minute videos. So you saw already how how the good Lord had worked out with a piece of the a piece of the a glove of uh, Padre Pio. So I, in in the uh, when I uh, go down there, I sit there and watch. Uh, Cardinal Burke, and he's such a holy, holy uh, cardinal for for our faith. Knows doctrine, knows every every aspect of our of our uh, lives as Catholics. And uh, so, anyway, they're finishing up the interview. Okay, and I know we're going to do one, three one minute videos. Just before they get finished, this lady walks up to me and says, Gregory, would you just do another 20-minute segment with Cardinal Burke? I said, well, I don't have questions ready for him. And she said, just let the Holy Spirit lead. So and again, another, the second thing was, was this uh, uh, endorsement by Cardinal Burke. Instead of three one-minute videos, I was able to, because of this, able to have a 20-minute TV segment that he endorsed the things that we do. So that, that both of them, you can't outdo the good Lord. He had already done that. Now, the third thing, two of the ladies, two of the elderly ladies out of the first talk came out and they said, we just loved your talk, but could you speak up? And, and I said, well, I could use my coach's voice because I used to coach girls basketball, I had five daughters. And uh, so I coached girls basketball for about 20 years. And, uh, I said I could use my coach's voice, and so that, that night, and I wonder how the, the only 
losing season I had was the very first one that I volunteered for. And then I went out and started finding out what did the top experts do? What did they do? And so we built a dynasty for, for, for that. But the good Lord had other plans, even greater plans that we can't on our own think of. And so that night I thought, how did it affect my own walk? Because I was just a little pew setter that wasn't engaged and I was going to hell. And the good Lord let me know that. And, uh, but I had an opportunity that he allowed me to be able to serve him until I die. I, I, had a, I had a foot in the world and I had all the gifts of a superintendent that was, had all the accolades, had the powerful position and stuff, you know, had, had at least probably four of the five things that Satan works on so strongly. Money, sex, power, money, sex, and power, and pride. You know, uh, how, how can you tell me anything I don't already know? That type of ignorance and, and stupidity that we have as human beings before we get it. And I was just blessed that God loves us enough that he had mercy on me and gave me a getting moment to be able to serve him until I die because I, I wouldn't have done it on my own. If you'd have just told me I was gonna be speaking at pulpits from San Diego to Boston and, and up and down the country, and I, I said, you're nuts. I won't be doing that. You know, I could have coasted out of life. That's where I was in my, in my job. I could have just coasted out of life. And the good Lord got a hold of me at that moment in time. And uh, he said, Gregory, it's not the atheists and pagans that are causing this moral decay. It's the Christians that are asleep, and specifically Catholics, you know. And so uh, he said, Gregory, with all I've given you, warn my children. I'm saying, Lord, you know, how about, how about Deacon or Monsignor or, you know, uh, Joan or one of, one of the ladies here? Lord, you know, you know me. And uh, about 30 seconds later, I said, okay, Lord, I'll do it, but I don't know what to do. And the good Lord just uh, uh, gave me an opportunity. He said, acknowledge me and trust me and I'll guide your steps. And, you know, that's, that's when I was eventually, I was canceled like Father Altman and some of, these, some of these others, you know, for acknowledging God. And that was, that was in uh, uh, early 2004 when the ACLU, the communist, came after me and I didn't know all the details at that time, how, how things were working and why they were, uh, uh, why were they trying to take God away from, from people? I was so naive on things, and, you know, and, uh, but the good Lord took me on a walk. And uh, why, we can all have the phrase, I'm not worthy. And we know that, but God giving us an opportunity to serve him is something very special. And so I'm going to get into just for a few minutes uh, into the body of Christ because that's the number one key. That's the height and summit of who we are is the body and blood of Christ. And, and that the rea really presence, real presence is there for us at, in every tabernacle of the world and at every time the consecration because of, the, of having the shepherds like uh, Monsignor and the ones that were at that uh, event the other night that actually make a consecration when that consecration happens. But what we've noticed, how many people do we have in here? Probably under 30, under 40 even, that are in here today. They're just not here, are they? Most of our children and, and and you all are doing something spectacularly awesome for the good Lord and his mother. How many of you, uh, how many of you love your mother? Raise your hand, please. How many would you, how many of you would ever allow Satan to touch your mother? The most vile creature that exists. How many would you allow, would allow him to do that? 
you wouldn't be a good person if you would, would you? You would not be a good person if you would allow Satan to touch your mother. You don't have that power, but Jesus did. He wouldn't be a good God if he allowed Satan to touch his mother. So from all eternity, he chose his mother and he gave her special graces to be able to, uh, to, be able to stand. And, and, and because of those graces, what, what happens with Satan every time mama comes around and we say the rosary? Satan runs, doesn't he? He runs. In, in his body, I, for the last seven years, on, on Monday nights, I've given a uh, di different Eucharistic miracles, guys. And I, I, I'm a big study of, I don't know if you know Father Harden, look up his archives and you'll, you'll see someone that should be a saint already. They're working on his sainthood. But uh, Father John Harden, I think he spoke on every Catholic uh, thing. Some might, might have 30 different talks that he's done on. And one of them has, has to do with his body, his real presence, that Jesus and all your, all your doctors of the church. And that's one of the things I've got back there for you. Anybody that, whether you have anything or at all. You take everything I've got off that table except for the relics, okay? And uh, you, the last, uh, the fourth and fifth book are both doctors of the church and what they say about the Eucharist and it's what they say about Mary, okay? Very powerful things in there coming from people that are much more gifted than I am. But I'm gonna tell you one of the things that drives me, uh, there's two major things. In Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If my people don't follow my statutes and commands, I'll not only forget them, but I'll forget their children. Now, is God searching out to forget their children? He knows that if you don't teach your children, if you're not the main teachers of your children, the world and Satan will take over. They're happy to teach your children. They're happy about that because Satan has a target on every one of your backs. He hates you with a passion. And we need, we need our next generation, guys. While, during our watch, they're being pulled out. I, I talked to a lady from Boeing and all the things that, they're, that uh, Boeing as a, as a country, I mean, as a, as a big business here in St. Louis, that they're doing that is against God, family and country. Okay, Boeing, Boeing, in my estimation of what I heard, are traitors to God, family, and country. They're harming our, our children. So are the, is the education system. Okay, when the, when the ACLU communists came after me back in 04, it was specifically to get anybody that was going to say something positive about the good Lord, get them out of the system. It was specifically for that. I would have been one of the first ones to say, okay, you know, I, I can be tough like, like St. Saint, uh, Saint Peter, and I can talk tough, but I can still deny Christ. And we will all deny Christ for sure when we talk in the flesh. We can't even mention the name of Jesus unless it's from the Holy Spirit. So you have a gift to know who Jesus is, that he's been given to you. Now, so that should sober us up what's happening to our children. And there's things we can do. Every person can do something to help the, those coming behind you. I don't care how old you are, how, how much of an invalid you are, God's given you gifts and you can do something. Uh, if, even if you became a uh, St. Monica, prayed for 20 years or 30 years for St. Augustine, and he ends up becoming a strong Catholic and a doctor of the church, right? So those things can happen if we put the heart into it. But here's the other thing that just really got me. It's in the, uh, the uh, 20, eighth chapter, the last chapter of, uh, of uh, Matthew. And it's Jesus talking now. 
All power in heaven and earth has been given to me. Does that sound like a lot of it? All power has been given to me. And he says, go. And he's not, he's not just talking specifically to the, to the apostles. He's talking to all of his disciples. He's saying, go. We have no excuse just to think, okay, I'm going to go home, kick back and watch Oprah or whatever on my television now. Or I can, I can engage in some way every day. Because guys, what you, what you all did here on this first Saturday and first Friday is pretty awesome. I don't know if you've read through this uh, program that someone brought up to me. Committed marriages and strong families, healing of bodies, minds, hearts, and souls, generous, loving hearts, a welcoming community to all who seek the Lord, solid servants leadership, courage to follow his will for our lives, fervent faith and desire to know, love, and serve God, reverent participation at Holy Mass and reception of the Eucharist, true sorrow for sin and frequent confession, true holiness. Guys, that's, that's a game plan right there. You have, you have something. That, let me ask you this question. How many think that every, every church, every Catholic church out there is, is following this procedure right here on, Holy, on uh, First Friday and First Saturday? You know you're part of a remnant that's actually doing that on a monthly basis on the first Saturday and first, uh, first Friday and first Saturday to stand up against the blasphemies of Our Lady because every day, every day, we can ask the good Lord to love Mary, Joseph, the angels and saints and poor souls in purgatory through us, to use us as his servant warrior and every one of us, we could start a new situation every day. We could we can start doing things that would affect not just ourselves and our eternity, but those that God's going to put into our path because somebody needs to do it. And we might think, well, somebody's already doing that. We cannot go with that mindset. You know, some, some of those things out there that should be done should have a thousand people doing them all across the country, all across the world, speaking the real presence of the good Lord. You know, when, when Deacon comes up here and does the uh, first Saturday adoration and everything, how many of you, just raise your hand if you do, how many of you really understand that that's the good Lord up there with you when you were doing adoration in the holy hour? How many know that? That is, that's the king of kings. He's willing to be there with you. And he came in with you. <clears throat> he said, baptize all nations, right? And I will be with you till the end of the time. Where is he with us right now? Is the good Lord here? In reality, not as some arbitrary thing where God's always everywhere, yes is his real presence here in this church right now. We know that it is. Whenever you have the tabernacle and, the, and the, uh, our Lord in the tabernacle, he's there in real presence. That's why when I grew up, you didn't walk into church, and I don't know if you've noticed this in other churches when, as, as the churches change, that you go in and they're having all kinds of conversations in church. Okay, now on this next thing, I'm not talking about their heart because that's God's domain, but I am talking about what children and people outside the Catholic faith that are coming in and looking at the church, what do they see? This is no reflection on any individual in here when I, when I say this, I'm just gonna tell you. Uh, Saint, how many of you know St. Thomas Aquinas? Guys, I'm a teacher, so you can raise your hand on stuff if you want to, all right? Now, St. Thomas Aquinas, the angelic doctor, his words and his wisdom out was so much stronger than the wisdom of those that, 
in the leadership, most of them today. You know, in fact, he was taught in probably every major university for hundreds of years, the Summa Theologica. He said, now this is the angelic doctor of the church and where they got a lot of our, our uh, teachings and doctrines in the church came from the doctors of the church. Guys, he said nothing <coughs> should touch the body of Christ except for consecrated hands. Now we've got away from that, haven't we? I'm, again, no reflection on anyone. I'm just telling you, would someone outside the Catholic Church in most of the, especially Norvis Ordo churches, again, not condemning anyone, and they come, everybody coming up to communion, would most of the people that they see, and you don't know because we, we're not God, that's he knows the heart, but would people just in observation would they believe that that person is ready to receive the creator of the universe? You know, in one of, in one of the mystics uh, written about Mary said every time that Jesus came in, she went through her face before the good Lord. Her son had to bring her up because she understood She's the number one bringer of souls to the good Lord. It was a gift to his mama. You know, can you imagine as a mama how much you love your children and you say, son, what can I do for you? And the good Lord said, mama, bring me souls. Mary, Mary is, is the strongest one that understands that her son loves you so much that you're, that you're here to hear about him. Now, I'm gonna give you some Eucharistic miracles. I wish at some point connect with me and I'll connect you to what we do on Monday nights uh, for an hour uh, for the last seven years to talk about different Eucharistic miracles, okay? In the last 30 years, I'd say, we've had a holy God that loves you so much and knows his children are so weak that they need uh, something to stimulate and, and he does that through a Eucharistic miracle. He helps us because he loves us. He's saying, guys, this really is me. Pay attention. And the doctors out there, the, the, and not all of them are, are uh, you know, are, are strong Catholics. But the doctors, as they've done the uh, research and the history and the, the science, because no science is, is evil if it's trying to tell the truth. It'll complement whatever God says if they're trying to find the truth, if they're not twisting things. So we have no fear of science. And the science has started telling us that Starting back in 1971, 72, with the, with the miracle of Lanciano, there was, a, there was a priest who during the consecration had doubts. And when he did, this is 1250 years ago now, when he had those doubts, he, uh, the, the body was, the, the Eucharist was turned into flesh and the wine was turned into blood. And since they now have, they started having the, the science that could have the, the different equipment that could say, what is this? What happened here? They found out that, that 1200, over 1200 years ago when that happened, that it, it reacts like live tissue. Now, why did, why did that surprise the scientists so much? Because normally 15 minutes to two hours, you lose your, your, uh, your blood cells start dying, white and, white and red blood cells. So that to have it react as live tissue was a big deal. Now, did you hear about it? Probably 99, nine tenths percent of us did not hear about it at the time, 
because it was something scientific. It went out into the scientific journals around the world showing that, what does good Lord start telling us? Under the microscope, what they were being able to see, what this, that this is heart tissue. The Eucharist, when it's changed during the consecration, becomes heart tissue. That's the sign of the, or what we look at as a symbol of the heart, isn't it? Or symbol of love. But God was showing us, this is me, guys. He's telling us in, in, the, in the blood analysis, everything was so powerful, yet we're not, we weren't hearing about it. They have them now where you, can, where you can see these things, guys. And if you study one thing, if you're trying to be strong, I don't know whether it was, whether it was a coach when I was a coach, whether it was to, to serve the good Lord, I was insatiable. Who, who, are the, who are the saints we hear about the most? Doctors and saints of the church, right? I want to know what do they do? I want to be a saint someday. What do I, what do I have to do? You know, something real small is I added Mary to my name because I saw where some of them were, that were becoming saints added Mary to their name. So I'm, I'm not a saint, but I desire to be one someday. And we all should desire that, to be a saint. And it's a doable thing and with God. And on our own, it's not. But with God, it is doable. So <clears throat> now you have doctors that are saying this is heart tissue. So okay, so what, what do we have, what's, what's next? Well, then we had the, the uh, uh, Eucharistic miracle of uh, Sokolo, Poland. Again, another one that, that was showing that the uh, Eucharist, when they, two different scientists from different methodologies one of them doing blind tests, the other one knew what they were testing, but the other one was doing blind tests, come, coming out with the same uh, conclusions, that this is heart tissue. Again, this is heart tissue. And, and in that one, the Eucharist was connected, uh, where part of it had turned to uh, flesh, and part of it was still the, the uh, host, but it was connected in some way, they said even even the Nassau cannot duplicate this, you know. But it was, it was showing another thing, the good Lord saying, guys, I'm here. This is me, I love you, pay attention. This one really got me when the number one in the world, Dr. Zugaby, he's dead now. But when he looked at the, uh, the uh, miracle of uh, Argentina, again, uh, when they, went to, when they took that into, they went to this number one in the world. What does he say? But we don't want you to know what it is. And now he's asked, because a lot of them do, they'll say, well, what is it I'm gonna be testing? They didn't wanna say, well, this is, this is a Eucharist. They said, can you just tell us what this is? Now this, this is, uh, you know, he decades as the number one uh, forensic scientist of uh, hearts. And he said, well, I can tell you right, right away, as soon as he puts it under his microscope, he said, well, I can tell you right away, this is heart tissue. And whoever this heart came from just died. You all took this from somebody that just died because it just happened, you know, and uh, because it was reacting like live tissue. It was three years old at the time. It couldn't do it in, in reality. It, it could do it as far as the good Lord. And again, he said, I can tell you it's not only heart tissue, but it's from the left ventricle. Well, what's the significance of the left ventricle? That's where your blood is oxygenated and, and, and uh, purified going out into the body. So it has some ecclesiastical meanings to it. You know, what is, what's the good Lord? He, he tries to go out into his body to to stimulate us in growth into eternity. Guys, is it important that we know what the blood and body of Jesus is? Okay, we can get by without out that. You know, you've heard him say, uh, well, you don't have to have miracles to, to believe. Okay, well, we can say that all we want, but the overwhelming majority all the way back to Christ what did the people do? They started following him because they were seeing the miracles. 
And the good Lord says, I'm still bringing them, so pay attention. I love you so much, but one of the things that we've got to get a handle on is to bring back the reverence into our, into our uh, different parishes, to bring back the reverence. You know, in here is an example that I, I go to places all across the, across the country, and a lot of our, a lot of our uh, co- congregations, a lot, of, a lot of them are aging, would you say? Look around you. We're aging. So is our, so is our deacons and our, and our shepherds. You know, a lot, of, a lot of places are aging, and we know that. So what are we doing about that for the next generation? That's, a, that's, a, that's a something in and of itself that you could work on every day. Let's form a team. You know, t- talk to your friends. Let's form a team and start praying that for vocations to the priesthood and religious life. You know, is that something you can do every day? It won't take long. Every day, but you put your hearts and minds and souls into doing things that could bring the good Lord and His presence into others. I talked to, when they did the, uh, just did the, uh, what was it called, the uh, Catholic Men of the Year. Do you all aware of that happening? Just happened uh, within the last 10 days. And I went to that this year with uh, Monsignor and, and the, and the uh, Bishop and everything. And I'm sitting at the table there and I'm watching people. Well, before they started, I'm walking around to different tables, just introducing myself and talking to people. And I got to a, a table where there were two young people in their early 20s, maybe just before they were 22. One of them was in uh, uh, the University of Missouri in Columbia, one was in SLU up here in St. Louis. Neither one of them went to Mass. Neither one of them went to Mass. I'm just, just talking to them like we're just talking now. And Satan is so strong. I remember Father Chris Alara talking about at the cathedral, at St. Mary's Cathedral in Cape Girardeau. He said, what you have to stand up against today is even stronger than what Adam and Eve stood up against because of the sexual content is so strong as one of the things that Satan uses against us. So guys, Satan is working 24-7. If we say, well, I, I did this for 20 years and now it's somebody else's turn, Satan will love you for that. Go home and lay down. He's going to be working 24-7 against your family, your soul, and all the children's souls, and he's not letting up. So if you, if you want to stop and say, well, I've done it long enough, somebody else's turn, Satan will love you for that. It's kind of like right now, we had the good Lord, no accidents, that during the uh, sacred heart of Jesus, what was turned around? Something we worked on for over 50 years it was abortion, right? Guys, it's so much just now starting to a bigger degree. I don't know if you knew that California has, has something where they want to allow parents 30 days after birth to get rid of their child. Have you heard anything about that? Guys, we, we have an evil that is so big and they've... It's attacked inside and outside of our church. And it's, when we look at communism and the Masons and all those things that are happening against the church, it's specifically against the Catholic church. That's who they've got to get rid of first. But our Lord is trying to strengthen up our, our families and our young people to understand. Take, take these, I, I've told priests before, I said, Start every Sunday, about 20 minutes before Mass, and do a 10-minute Eucharistic miracle. Let them know next week we're going to be doing this one. I said, how many times do we have people coming in at the last minute or just after Mass starts? Once they see a couple of these, Father, they're going to want to come in and not, not miss. Well, what are they saying this week? Because these Eucharistic miracles, some will just knock your socks off, guys. 
when you see what the good Lord has done out of love for you and how he's still doing that out of love for you. Just say in your mind, the Lord loves me so much that he's given me a, this Eucharistic miracle to strengthen me in my walk to eternity because that's where we are, guys. I just had one of my best friends that called me about, about a week ago and he had just lost one of his best friends. And how many, how many can we talk to? We have a lot of acquaintances. How many of, of us can say, I have a best friend? And you know, a best friend that'll do anything you want to, anytime you need and all that kind of stuff? It's rare, isn't it? You might have a, a small, small handful, sometimes just one, two or three people in your entire life that you could call on in that level that they're a best friend. You know, that was the most harmful, hurtful thing that ever happened to the good Lord. Worse than the uh, scourging at the pillar, nailing it on the cross. What was worse than all that was, was one of his best friends, in fact, that was Peter at the time, when he said, I don't know him. That was worse than getting beaten, guys. We've got to make those stands and not care about what people think about us. We cannot th care about that. We've got to care about the good Lord and what he said. Because if, I can tell you, if you heard what this young lady was telling me about Boeing and what they're doing, it's enough to make a billy goat vomit and how much it offends and attacks the good Lord. It's purposeful. It's, it's uh, the, the evil out there of those that are doing evil, they, they right away, they get after things. We are so slow many times in, in going after things that could harm souls for eternity. Even though the good Lord says, hey, this is me. One was in Tixla, Mexico. Tixla, Mexico, these top, scientists from all around the world as they're looking at these things. And again, they said, this is something only God could do. As the bishop's talking about, God had to do this. And it's another one where the Eucharist turned into heart tissue. And one of the things that they noticed on that one was that <coughs> it was the heart, like Dr. Zugabe said, this person was beaten around the chest when he looked at that Eucharistic miracle. Whoever was this person, he doesn't know he's talking about the good Lord, he doesn't know he's talking about the Eucharist. And the one in Tixla, Mexico even indicated that they have seen now that what they were hard, hard finding, they could not find the marker for the Father. They could find the mother's marker in, in the DNA, but they couldn't find the father's marker. Why is that? Why couldn't they find the father's marker in the DNA? Who is the father? Who is Jesus' father? God, right? So they didn't have anything that would, that would uh, give them a marker on that. But we know, we know. And all these different Eucharistic miracles about the body of Christ is because he loves you. You're here today. If you go home and, and uh, just knife a general and I say, boy, that was nice, got to do that. Guys, contact me. I'll send you Eucharistic miracles that, that'll just line up that will, that will make you so strong if you pay attention to them, every one of them has, is a gift. You know, uh, how, many, how, many know how many know St. Clair? Do you know St. Clair? Yeah. St. Clair, uh, the Muslims, the Turks were coming in to her uh, uh, convent, okay? She was sick in bed and the young nuns were saying, Sister, what do we do? You know, you know what they want to do. They want to rape and kill us, you know. And uh, St. Clara got out of bed. She came out. 
Who did she bring with her? She brought the king of kings with her. She brought the monstrance with her. She came out there and stood as they were coming over the walls, okay? Now these guys were murdering people, raping people. They start coming over the walls and she's there with the, with the uh, blessed sacrament and, and speaking to them, go away. They all climbed back over the walls and left. That town was saved because of what? Not because of a piece of wheat bread. It was saved because of a holy God making his presence in a miraculous way. They escaped. They, they, they did not come in and harm any of the sisters and stuff and, and or the community after that. Guys, and there's so many stories like that. You know, how many of you know uh, uh, St. Anthony of Padova? Guys, some of you, is this how you raise your hand in a class, you know, just barely getting it up or bringing it up? And I'm, I'm going to tell you just a little, just real quickly about that one because it's another one where his body was exposed. There was a group of uh, men that hated Catholics. Didn't want, to, want any part of them. But they challenged uh, the uh, St. Anthony of Padova if he would, uh, they, were, they, were, they didn't believe in the Eucharist, the presence in the Eucharist. And they said, uh, we tell you what, if you will show us that that is real, we will convert. And so he took the challenge. By the grace of God, you know, the, the Holy Spirit caused him to touch the lives and souls. Now, I want, to see, I want you to see this. It's been hundreds of years ago where people, guys, people were not, uh, no, no televisions, no cell phones, nothing out there. So whenever this challenge was made, it was going to be on a certain day, and they would, they would, uh, starve their mule for three days, not giving him any water or food. And if when we let him go, if he comes to the food rather than to the Eucharist, that was their challenge that he would not be, uh, that would, it wouldn't be real. So uh, St. Anthony of Padua takes the challenge. People come in from all around because there's no, no other type of entertainment. So they're coming into that area. They're going to see this. After three days of starving the mule and everything, when they let the mule go, he walks right by the food and water and goes over to the Blessed Sacrament and kneels down on his front knees to the King of Kings. Guys, there's so many awesome Eucharistic miracles. Take advantage of that. Increase your faith. Strengthen it, especially, especially when it has to do with the good Lord or his mother because he, he won't leave you an orphan. You will never be left an orphan if you desire to know the truth. The good Lord is gonna bring it to you. And it may be, your, it may be your priest or your monsignor, it may be your deacon, it may be your wife, it may be your children, but he will bring it to you because he loves you so much. He wants you to know that his body and blood is right there. It's right here today. Let's say a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, yet make us committed to doing everything that we can to bring others into your knowledge of your presence in our lives. You know, heal us in our spirit, mind, and body, Lord, to give us these strength to take the, those things that you're giving us today. Don't let us go home and say, okay, Thank you, I, I don't need you anymore, I already know everything. There could be the Eucharistic miracle that you call about, the one that touched that person for eternity. Wouldn't you want to stand before the good Lord at that time, Lord, give us that opportunity to stand before you in your presence when we are 
when, we're, when we die. We're all going to die, Lord. And when we die, that we are aware that, of your love that you've given us and that we shared your love with other people so that they might be with you for eternity. Give us that strength, Lord. Give us your Eucharist, Lord, every day. Help us to always make good confession and understand that we're weak and we need your help on a daily basis. We love you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God bless each of you. And guys, if you want to know more Eucharistic miracles, I can send them to you. Just, just let me know. And it could be just the one that takes someone that you care about into heaven for eternity. So let us know. I have, I have uh, four of my six books. I'm working on another one right now with a friend. But I've got four, four to six of them back there. If you want them signed, I'll sign them. Make them worth less if you have them signed. But uh, they, uh, they're back there and they have to do with your faith and they have to do with the doctrines of the church and they have to do with uh, the evil that Satan's attacking you, your children, and everyone else. And if, if, unless you got all, everything that you ever need to know, uh, don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not doing this for, for anybody except you all. And if you can, leave a little donation to someone who's been a warrior in this effort. Uh, please give it to uh, uh, St. Joe Radio, not to me, okay? Love you guys. God bless you.